Welcome, friends, to Merit's Musings, episode 19. This is a podcast for educators in the very broadest sense. I'm a public school teacher and a youth minister in my church and a parent, someone who's dedicated his life to helping people grow and to learn. And I'm something of a writer and a poet, someone who loves language both for its artistry and its power. In this podcast, I'm going to explore some of my informal thoughts on what it means to be human, especially in the context of being an educator, a minister, and a parent. Often, uh, I will focus on a poem to get my thoughts going, because any time I can spend time talking about poetry is time well spent in my book. Uh, I'm also likely to talk about my dogs, in this instance, my cats. And if you're not the type of person who enjoys a little random animal talk, this is probably not the podcast for you. I invite you to join the conversation. Feel free to write me with your thoughts and feedback. My contact information is on our website, meritsmusings.buzzsprout.com and on my Facebook page. This week for episode 19, I have chosen the short poem For a Dead Kitten by Sarah Henderson Hay. So here we go. For a Dead Kitten. Put the rubber mouse away. Pick the spools up from the floor. What was velvet shod and gay will not want them anymore. What was warm strangely cold, whence dissolve the little breath? How could this small body hold so immense a thing as death? So before I explore why I picked this poem, I think I need to tell you a story. A few weeks back, I was sitting at my computer desk where I'm sitting now and looked out my side window, and there in my side yard playing on my lawnmower was a set of kittens I did not recognize. So I let my wife know, we went out and explored and discovered that there were five feral kittens. And over the next couple of hours, with the help of a very good friend uh, who had a cat trap, we ended up uh, with five feral kittens and a feral nursing mama cat uh, domiciled in our daughter's bedroom in a massive kennel with a litter box and food and water, etc. And then the adventure begins of vet visits, of calling our friends uh, to see who has room in their life for a cat. Um, And it just compounds, 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 and we're still in the process now for about three more weeks, and then the kittens will be distributed. Uh, Our good friend with the cat trap helped organize the mama cat and getting her neutered and her ear notched and then released back uh, because she was not willing to interact with humans in any way that was uh, healthy for the human involved, if nothing else. Um, And all of this is out of the blue in the midst of a busy life, right? My wife and I have no space for anything. Uh, We are fully engaged in our worlds, busy all the time, and then God drops this in front of us. And of course, I, being the weaker of the two of us, wanted to ignore it. Because a year ago, we did the same thing. We found a pregnant mama cat and helped her deliver her kittens and then farm the kittens out. And I knew what was going to happen. I just didn't want to deal with it. Uh, And that's weakness. Right? But my wife, of course, is much stronger than I am and much braver than I am. And when she's presented a challenge, she steps into the challenge. And that's what 
she insisted, and I uh, have learned over the years that uh, to listen to my wife when she is right, because she usually is. And so it's a good idea to listen to the support people who are wise. And so we're on this adventure. Uh, and you're sort of probably anticipating, oh no, the poem's about a dead kitten. One of their kittens died. And let me reassure you, uh, our kittens are, are doing well. They were, they were sick, but we got them to the vet. We're doing fine. Uh, however, as we're doing this process, my neighbor across the street found a different mama kitty who had just thrown a different litter of kittens. Clearly, we have a cat problem in my neighborhood. And his approach was much more hands-off. He set them, you know, put out a little food, left them outside in his yard, just let sort of fate take it as it came. Um, and then a few days ago, um, I had been out running errands in my car. I came home. My wife uh, helped me put groceries away or whatever, and then stepped outside to do some yard work in the garden um, and then rushed back in upset because there was a dead kitten in the road right outside of our driveway. Um, and I immediately made it all about me and became concerned that I might have run over the cat, not kitten, not, not paying attention uh, as closely as I probably should as I was driving in. So we both go out and we look and the kitten had not been struck by a car, but had expired. Um, and I uh, felt an immediate sense of relief that I wasn't the villain. Um, and then an immediate sense of guilt uh, that I was more focused on my own moral culpability than this question of what do we do when confronted with death, with the dead kitten? How could this small body hold so immense a thing as death? So we dug a grave, placed the kitten reverently in the grave, buried it, Prayed a little, although it's hard to figure out exactly what prayers make sense in and around a kitten that doesn't have a connection. Usually when a pet dies, I pray mostly for the family of humans surrounding that pet. But this one didn't have that family. Um, and I don't pray for every dead creature that, uh, that I encounter in the world, and, and maybe that's a flaw and something I should think about. Um, but so we said a prayer, we held hands, my wife cried, uh, and um, we went on. And I've been spending days processing all of this uh, because it's an adventure. And like any adventure, I'm Bilbo Baggins. Adventures are to be strenuously avoided because they make you late for dinner. But if you're on one, you need to do it well and learn as much as you can and this whole kitten process has taught me so much about uh, the connections and webs. The only way I'm able to pull this off is because we've had such wonderful friends who have shared their knowledge, shared their cat traps, given us advice, uh, come in and fed the kittens when we haven't been here. Uh, the, the support of the community around us becomes an essential part of our existence. 
Uh, and I'm constantly amazed uh, that people do not value and invest in their social networks uh, to the degree that they're healthy because um, nearly anything that I've accomplished that has been worthwhile has been done because I've been fed and supported and loved and prayed for by a community of people who are willing to uh, support me and love me even when I come up with crazy ideas um, or support my wife in the crazy ideas or jointly we decide, yes, we will love and support these kittens um, and, hey, we need help, uh, even if it's just telling us that it's going to be fine uh, as we go forward. Um, and we have one friend who is effectively building a wild feral cat ministry in the world um, and doing incredibly important work taking care of uh, these creatures that are God's creatures, right? We know that God created all the animals, but we also know there's a cycle of life and how we balance out life, love, and death is always the great challenge of being human. How do we fit into these cycles? How do we both rail against death, extend life, make life abundant and full and rich, but also acknowledge that death is part of the world we live in, part of the system, uh, and thus to be expected and accepted as we go. And I don't, I don't have a lot of answers to that. Um, but I, I do have sort of one piece, and that was the, the only thing I could offer the kitten that, that was dead because I, you know, I arrived too late, uh, was respect. And that seemed important to me. Um, that, you know, I didn't place the kitten in the garbage. Uh, we, we, dug, we dug a grave. And we placed the kitten gently in the grave. And we talked about, you know, coverings. And, uh, and then after we buried the kitten, uh, a marker didn't seem to make sense to us. Uh, but but prayers and a little conversation did, and tears did. Um, you know, we, we never saw this kitten before. And yet this tiny little thing was perfect. It wasn't wounded. It must have died of some disease. Um, it wasn't damaged. Um, it was cute and held the immensity of death in it. Uh, so, again, I don't have a lot of answers, but... Death seems to deserve respect, solemnity, tears. Um, these are things that are worthwhile. Um, I've recently, over the last decade, um, attended many, many more funerals uh, than I would ever thought I would. Um, funerals for friends, uh, funerals for coworkers, um, uh, funerals for students. Uh, and um, with all of those funerals, my life continues. Everyone in the funerals, life continues. Although everyone's life gets altered in some degree by the experience. Um, and uh, so I spent a lot of time thinking about how do we manage that? Where do we go from there? And again, I keep thinking that the answer 
to this immense thing called death um, is to grieve, to recognize sorrow, to recognize loss, uh, and to recognize that life is precious and thus this loss is uh, disturbing and upsetting, even when our faith tells us that death is temporary. Uh, and it doesn't change the fact that in that moment, in that place, there is real pain, right? Uh, I think of Jesus and Lazarus, right? Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, but that didn't stop him from crying at Lazarus's tomb because in that moment there was death and loss and a life deserves tears when it slips away. So that's part of what I, I feel like is important that I learned from this kitten is that there, it is appropriate and reasonable and healthy to grieve, but also to move forward. And that's the piece where I keep running into that wall again and again and again. What does moving forward look like in a world where we act and those actions sometimes, often, seem so small in the face of the world's problems? And for that... I keep running into a different piece, which is Lauren Isley's Parable of the Star Thrower. Um, uh, and this one keeps running through my head constantly. And I've, there's tons of different versions out there. Um, the one uh, I have internalized uh, goes like this. Uh, there was a man walking along a beach after a major storm, and the beach was filled with starfish that had been washed ashore from all the waves of the violent storm of the night before. And as he walked and looked on these thousands and thousands of starfish on the beach, he has, uh, focused on uh, a little boy who was running up and picking up a starfish and running towards the ocean and then flinging the starfish as hard as he could towards the waves with a shout of joy. He would watch it splash into the water and then he would run and grab another and fling it again and again. So he watched this repetition seven, eight times, and then he said to the little boy, what are you doing? And the little boy said, I'm saving these starfish. They're all going to die if they stay here. Uh, we need to save them. Uh, you should come join me. Well, we, we can save starfish. Uh, and the older man said, uh, you know, I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. There are thousands of starfish here, and you're not going to be able to save very many of them. It's not really going to make a difference. And the little boy listened and nodded his head and then grabbed one of the starfish, ran to the, to the crest of the waves, and threw it into the ocean. And then he turned back and he grinned at the man and said, I made a difference to that one. That, I think, is the only answer I've got when confronted with so immense a thing as death is that we can make a difference to that one, right? So that is what I offer you today. For a dead kitten poem, I would say to you, when we encounter the immensity of death, please do not respond to the pain by retreating. 
right? Uh, please embrace the pain, cry, grieve, connect to your support network, and then go find a starfish to fling back into the ocean and make a difference for that one. I'll let you know how the kittens turn out. God bless you all. Talk to you soon.